You know there's a cycle called Daf Yomi. Every day we learn a page of the Talmud. And uh, we're approaching where the, the, the Gemara brings what happened all the days as a preparation when the Jewish people 3,332 uh, 3, years ago received the Torah. So I'm going to read with you one of the parts. It's very interesting. And take it from there a little bit deeper. So this is the tractate, the Masechet, that is called Shabbat. Why? Because the Torah was given in Shabbat. Everybody agrees that in Shavuot, the first time was in Shabbat. So the Gemara brings the following story. We're in page 88b in the tractate of Shabbat. So the Zorah of Rabbi Levi that says the following, that when Moshe ascended the heavenly heights, so obviously spiritually, it's not that we went in the Everest, I don't know how many thousands of meters above sea level, but spiritually he has handed to the heavenly heights. So the Gemara tells us that the angels, the ministering angels, you know, we think, oh, he's like an angel. But these people can be, I mean, not people, but these angels can be very tough. L listen to this. So when they saw Moshe Rabbeinu up there among them, they said to the, before the Holy One, blessed be him. Master of the universe, Ribbonu Shilolam, what is a born of a woman doing over here? Like this person of flesh and bones and blood, what is he doing over here? <laughs> this is no place for people, you know? They are very exclusive, the, the angels. They said, no, this is angels only club. We don't want men over here. So says the Gemara, the Hashem told them, God told them, well, he has come to receive the Torah. So this was just before, again, the giving of the Torah. So Amrulefanav, the angels protested to Hashem. He said, the coveted and treasured Torah that was stored by you as a treasure for 974 generations before the world was created. This is based on a verse, but based on Midrash and Kabbalah, it was 2,000 years, and that's the title of today's class. What does it mean, 2,000 years? So, um, says that, that is so precious, you intend to give it to flesh and blood? Are you gonna give to human people, to humans, the precious Torah, and then the Gemara quotes a verse that they said to them, that they, they say to Hashem, what is immortal yet you should remember him, or the son of man yet you should recall him? Why should you give this to people? Hashem or Lord, how grand is your name in all the earth already, that you should rather bless your glory upon the heavens. What they meant to say, are you going to give the Torah to people? No, keep it for us, for the angels. So now Moshe Rabbein is in a predicament. He went up to get the Torah. He has a very strong opposition for him to get it. So continues the story. The Holy One, blessed be he, said to Moshe, give them an answer. So he was kind of testing Moshe Rabbeinu, okay? According to the angels, we, I shouldn't give the Torah to the Jewish people. You have anything to say on your behalf? So says uh, Moshe to God, Ribbonu Shelola, master of the universe, I fear to reply to them, 
lest they burn me with the bread in their mouth. Obviously, everything is more than just the literal story. What he meant to say, how can start a human being competing against angels? These are completely spiritual beings. They're going to destroy me. So says God to Moshe Rabbeinu, take hold of the throne of the throne of my glory and give them an answer. We're going to explain what it means. Just hold on to my throne of glory and answer the angels. So then the Gemara quotes a verse, how Moshe Rabbeinu supposedly hold on to God's throne and he's starting his presentation. You can imagine, I read the book Long Walk to Freedom of Mandela and how he was standing in the court case, Labdil, this Moshe Rabbeinu presenting his case in front of the angels, why the Torah should be given to the Jewish people. But it's very interesting what he said. We're going to try to give an answer to that. So say like this, like this. Moshe said before God, Ribbono Shalom, Master of the Universe, the Torah that you are giving me, what is written in it? So what happened, you know, the, the Gemara is about to tell us that God started telling Moshe Rabbeinu the Ten Commandments. Now, just in a general level, and in Shavuot, initially, God gave the Jewish people the Ten Commandments. But we should know that the Ten Commandments contain everything of the Torah. They are like the concent is concentrated, is the root of everything. And from, all, from the Ten Commandments come out the 613 mitzvot, and all the spirituality comes from there. And that's why they were written into special stones and they're placed in the temple, in the holy ark, because they are the root of everything. So what Moshe Aben is asking from God, tell me what it says in the Torah. So then God is going to be saying one by one the Ten Commandments. So the first one, I am your God who, who has taken you out of the land of Egypt. That is the first commandment. So God tells the angels, Moshe Rabbeinu, the first commandment. So says Moshe Rabbeinu to the angels, did you descend to Egypt? Let's see if the first commandment applies to you. It says, I'm your God that took you, took you out of Egypt. So says Moshe to the angels, this is referring to you? Did you go to Egypt? Obviously you didn't, right? Let me just... So I'm right just here. trying to get in, I don't know what's happening. Okay. Okay. So, the angels obviously didn't go to Egypt. Then continues Moshe Rabbeinu, were you enslaved to Pharaoh? Obviously not. So says Moshe Rabbeinu, what should the Torah be for you? You see, it doesn't apply to you. Again, says Moshe Rabbeinu to God, what else is written in the Torah? Then God tells him the second commandment, there shall not be a unto you gods of others, meaning to say, don't serve any other powers. So Moshe Rabbeinu tells the angels, do you live among nations who worship idols? I mean, does this command apply to you not to do idol worship? Obviously not. Says Moshe Rabbeinu, what else is written in the Torah? So there's two texts over here. I'm going to go over into the other, the order of the Ten Commandments. So God tells him the third commandment, that, it, that is, let me go to the right order, you shall not take the name of Hashem your God in vain, which is the third commandment. 
So says Moshe to the angels, are there any business, business transactions among you that you might lead to, to swear in false, in vain? Obviously not. And then he goes like that. He goes the fourth commandment, which is Shabbos, and the fifth commandment, which honor your parents. And again, Moshe Rabbein is telling that you, you work during the week, that you need to keep Shabbos, and are you born from father or mother, that you need to honor your parents, and so forth. So at the end of the story, the Talmud says that the angels agreed that the Torah should go to people. It doesn't apply to them. And at the end of the story was a happy ending. Everybody gave Moshe Rabbeinu a present. Says the Gemara, even the Moloch Amaves, the angel of death, revealed to Moshe Rabbeinu the secret. Oh, let me tell you. This piece of the Gemara is, says that the angel revealed Moshe Rabbeinu's secret. How to stop a plague when people are dying through the Ktoret through the special incense of the Beit HaMikdash. And that's what I mentioned to you last time. It's very good now with this plague to be protected, to protect us and protect other people. Try to recite every day, during the day, this, which, this, which is the Ktoret. Incense. The incense. Let me tell you, uh, what is it? In, if you have the Arshkel Sidor, you're going to find it. You can even say it in English. You're going to find it in page page 35 it says the incense you can even say it in english go from page 35 until if you can go until just the first line of 39 that is very good the very top first line of 39 you can do a little bit more if you want. So that is the end of the story. The angels became Moshe Rabbeinu's friends. They gave him presents, even the Moloch Amavis. Okay, so I wanted to bring you this Gemara as an introduction to today's topic, Bezrat Hashem. So a couple of questions. The first question is, what does it mean that the Torah was uh, created 2,000 years before creation? We can ask many questions. Was there time? I mean, time, we measured, you know, the earth around the sun is a year. 2,000 years, there was no earth, there was no sun. <laughs> what does it mean? Then the angels, they wanted the Torah for them. Why did the angels want the Torah for them? What is the Torah? The Torah is to keep mitzvahs, as Moshe Rabbeinu proved to them. So what did they want the Torah for? And then the answer is like kind of obvious. <laughs> okay. Moshe Rabbeinu, I need to hold on to the divine throne to be able to give such an answer. I mean, just told them the Ten Commandments, and it's very obvious. Do they apply to you? Does it apply to you? So what are you talking about? And they just said, oh, wow, you, you defeated us. So, so what happened with this Gemara? So obviously, what we're going to say is that the Torah is something, something extremely deep. Obviously, the Torah is not only stories. The Torah is not only... Um, mitzvot, rituals. There's a lot of depth to the Torah. So I'm going to share with you few few paragraphs. Oh yeah, yeah, again. 
this is the problem. I know what's happening with my laptop, with the Zoom. Now they're changing the rules. It says, of all the influences that God causes to emanate from Him. Yeah. Mrs. Diskin, also my wife, send it to your phone. And to Sandra to her phone. And to Sandra, uh, Fishpen, also in your phones, in and WhatsApp. And everyone else on Foundation. If not, you, I'm going to try to go... Bless you. I'm going to try to go slow and read it so you can follow even if you don't have it. So, this is from the book, Derech Hashem, The Way of God. And he's explaining what the Torah is. And he says, Of all the influences that God causes to emanate from him for the sake of his creations, one is higher than all others, being more dear and precious than anything else that God created. This influence is the closest thing to God himself that can be found in creation. Its loftiness and excellence resembling God's own to some degree. So I really recommend maybe later on to read again this paragraph for two things. First of all, every word of Rabbi Moshe Haim Lutzatu is precious. Those who have following with me, the Messiah Sharif know that. And second of all, if you see what he's saying, it is unbelievable. He's saying that there's something that is the closest to God's perfection that could be. Now, obviously, God's perfection is beyond compression. He's perfect, completely perfect. So he must talk, he's talking about something that is beyond our grasp. Let me continue. Through this influence, God enables creation to actually partake of some of, some of his glory and perfection. Again, he's talking something very, very spiritual. This influence, however, was bound by God to yet another creation, the Torah, which God designed specific, specifically to carry this influence to the physical world. In practice, the influence arises by means of two activities, namely the speaking and the understanding the words of Torah. So, so, so we see what the Torah is. The Torah is not just rituals, just a religion, just history. Really, the Torah is godliness in a high caliber. So, when you have an infant, a toddler, and you need to give him some medicine, you need to give him some uh, antibiotic or some... Uh, some uh, panado, whatever it is, and you buy the, the syrup to give him, they put a great degree of sugar to make it tasty, right? So he can take the medicine, but we don't care about the sugar. What he cares about the contents, the medical contents of what he's taking. So that is the Torah. The Torah is pure, undiluted spirituality. But for us to be able to access it, it comes in pills, in tablets, which is words. And sometimes they're even sweeter. Those are the stories of the Torah we all enjoy, right? About Avram and Sarah and Rivka and Itzhak and all of them and Eliezer and the Shidduch, Gevaltic stories. 
It's just the sugar that it's mixed with pure godliness. And then you have the mysticism was even more than that. So when we learn the Torah, what we are taking to our inside is a, 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 an amazing amount of godliness and spirituality. And that is what the Torah is all about. Let's keep on, on, on understanding this. So let's go to the first picture that my wife sent just now in the WhatsApp. This is from the book Nefesh Haim of the great student of the Vilna Gaon, Rav Chaim of Volozhin. So I took some pictures from different places. So let's go to the first picture my wife sent. It's written in the Zohar. The Torah has a body. The fools of this world all relate to its garment. Those that know more do not relate to its garment, but rather to its body, which is under its garment. The sages, the servants of the supernal king, those that stood at Mount Sinai, the Jewish people now in Shavuot, only relate to the soul which is literally the essence of the whole Torah. And in the world to come, they will see the soul of the soul of the Torah. So you get a sense, this is Zohar, this is Kabbalah, what the Torah is all about. So he's describing many levels, just like a human being. You know, people that have no idea what a person is, and they only get in the external, they don't have a real relationship with human beings. They just only relate to bodies. But people go deeper. You can relate to the soul of a person, and you can go even deeper to the soul of the soul. The same thing is the Torah. The Torah has a garment, which is just the superficial understanding, the level. Then has, so to say, a body going a little bit deeper, and a soul, and the soul of the soul. So that teaches that the Torah is extremely deep. Go to the second picture that, I, that I, we just sent now. Says in the, everything from the Sefer, from the book Nefesh Haim. So our sages bring on the verse that it says, no one knows its value. So the paragraphs of the Torah were not given in the correct sequence. For if they were given in, in sequence, then anyone who reads them would immediately be able to create a universe and resurrect the dead. So that is what the Torah is all about. You know, we spoke two weeks ago about we spoke two weeks ago about the um, Sefer Yetzira and how through the letters of the Sefer Yetzira you can create things. But the Torah itself are those letters and those codes. And God changed a little bit. Sometimes you find in the Torah is not in chronological order. Sometimes the Torah brings a mitzvah over here. And in different book of the five books of Moses, a different mitzvah. Says the Zohar, why? If the Torah would be given to people in the right spiritual order, would be like a magic book. You can do anything with it. Because that is the power of the Torah. Let's go to another quotation that I sent you. 
Go to the last one I sent, please. And if anybody has any questions, please don't hesitate to ask. The very, the very last picture I sent. It says 28, the Torah speaks to all worlds, all world levels, its essence will be revealed. So therefore the Torah also conceals itself via Timsun process, I won't get into that now, as it cascades down from level to level and from world to world to be manifest in a way which speaks to the issues of each world. So according to the specific issues and the relative level of that world such, such that it is able to tolerate its holiness and light until it ultimately descends to this physical world where it is manifest in such a way that it speaks to the relative context and issues within this world, containing narrative which is about this world, so that this world is capable of, of tolerating its holiness and light. Let me give you an example, going back to te technology and electricity. So the source that where they gener generate electricity it's very powerful. You can imagine. You get close to there and you become, you, you, you fry, you disappear, disintegrate by the heat and the voltage of the source where they're producing the electricity. Then they have transformers and they start sending electricity to the different cities. And even the cables up here in the street, the, the, the voltage is high. Sometimes people... <laughs> Here in South Africa, try to steal them, and there's cases where they're electro electrocuted because the voltage is huge. Then it comes to your house, and there's different transformers that start limiting the electricity, and it, when, when it gets to your plug, then the, the power is even less. You can use it. And then, to use in a laptop, in a cell phone, you need another transformers to lower the voltage, otherwise everything would explode. If you buy appliances in the United States of America or Mexico and you come here to South Africa and you plug them, they would explode. Because over there, they use 110 volts and over here to 120 volts, which is double, and they just go <coughs> wacko. So the same thing is the Torah. The Torah is extremely spiritual. So in every level, the Torah speaks, so to say, to that level. I'm going to tell you something, and I'll go back a little bit later, that there are four universes. The highest is where the Sefirot are, the ten revelations of God. In Kabbalah it's called Atzilut. Atzilut means an, an emanation. It's because God's godliness is being emanated, and we can appreciate in this world. It's like light. I'm sure you know that light contains all the colors, but they are unified, and that's why we only see white or, or, or a little bit yellowish in the light. But if you go through a prism or you go through the rain, it splits in the, in the colors of the rainbow. So the same thing with God. In God's essence, all the virtues are one and united. But God wanted to share with us some of those attributes of perfection, 
Entonces, are the ten sefirot, the ten attributes of the Kabbalah. So, the first universe where those ten sefirot have been presented, so to say, is called Atzilut, emanation. That is the highest universe. Then it comes down, it's called Briah. Briah means creation. And that is the level where the divine throne stands, which really means that is where God, already in a lower level, where God is running everything that happens in the world. That's why it's called the divine throne. Just like a king sitting his throne tells people what to do. So to say over there, God tells the highest angels, Gabriel, Michael, you know, the famous ones, how to run things. Below that is a third world called Yetzirah, formation. And there are trillions of trillions of trillions of angels, each one doing their own thing where God tells them how to run the world. It says by our sages, absolutely everything in this world has been directed by, a, by an angel. Even a, a blade of grass has an angel in that level of Yetzirah telling him, keep on growing, no, don't be lazy. So everything we see in the physical world is being done over there in the world of Yetzirah. Finally, we have this world, the world of Asiya, when we act, people, the physical one. So all these angels through the stars, and that's why I spoke two weeks ago, there is one six, six trillion of planets and stars and constellations because every angel goes through a planet, star, a moon, whatever it is, and then it projects down here what needs to be happening in the physical world. It's like watching a movie. You watch the movie on a screen, but the movie is not on the screen. The movie is in a laptop, is in a projector, whatever it is, but it's being projected to a screen. So same thing over here. This planet Earth and even the physical universe is only the screen with all this spirituality, spirituality comes down and gets projected into this physical world. So what we just read in the last paragraph is that the Torah in every level speaks according to that level. Let me give you an example of this Zoom conference, right? What do you see? Few people over here, Shalom Aleichem. So these, the people that we see in the screen is the surface of what's going on now in the laptop or in your phone. You know how many levels are happening just now for you to be able to see me and for me to be able to see you? How many levels of, 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 of information or of, of electronics, software and hardware? But the real, the real, what's really happening in Zoom has nothing to do with my beautiful face. <laughs> Actually, speaking about a beautiful face. <laughs> beautiful face. Okay. That's a real beautiful one. So, what's going on in the, in the screen, it's really nothing. What's really going on in Zoom for us to be able to communicate, it's so many levels of, 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 of information, of electronics and magnetics and you name it. That's exactly what the life is all about. 
we think that the way we look and all this physicality and all this money that's going on in the world and all these people making money and not making money, that is what the real thing. As you said, Africans is a gurnisht. It's managed the surface. The real thing is the inside of everything. And those are these all different levels. So what we just read, that, that's what the Torah is all about. The Torah, in every level, has a language to that level. Just like Zoom has a deeper level how to interact with my laptop and why this morning didn't let me open as I usually used to open my files, whatever. Every level has its commands in its own language. And then the closer you get to the hardware, to the laptop itself, it's even more and more hidden codes. And I'm sure you know that bottom line, everything is either one or zero. I'm sure you saw those pictures of electronics. It's lines of one zero 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 one one zero 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 one one one, because zero is no current and one is current, and that is the bottom line of everything. So same thing is with spirituality. In every level, the Torah speaks, so to say, to that spiritual level, and therefore in that spiritual level, everything gets understood. And finally, as the last paragraph we just read, when it comes to this world, the Torah speaks in our level, with stories, with mitzvot, so we can relate to the Torah, but the Torah is very, very deep. So let's go back to the story. So, yes. I'm gonna repeat, the highest is called Atzilut, which is emanation. The second is called Bria, creation. The third one is called Yetzira, Yetzira, like Sefera Yetzira, which is formation. And the last one is called Asiya, from the Hebrew, the word Lasot, to do. This is the level of doing because we are the only ones that can have free will to do things. Asiya, the world of doing. Sure. Now, uh, if it's okay with you, I'm going to continue a bit after nine because we started late and then we have this whole uh, thing. If you need to go, please feel free. I don't take it personal. But don't go. <laughs> no. Let's continue. So, let's go back to the story. So, I'm going to leave the 2,000 years, please remind me, to the end of the class. What is this angel is telling Hashem? But the Torah is 2,000 years before creation. I'm going to leave to the end of the class. But let's move on to the next part. Why did the angels want the Torah to stay with them? Because they know much better than us what the Torah is. Going back to my example of the medicine, they know that the Torah is antibiotics and has panad and all that. We only care for the sugar. So they say, it's a waste of your spirituality. You're going to give this valuable thing to people that only one, you know, sometimes you give a two, three-year-old a sandwich where you put on top some, some uh, jam or some uh, peanut butter or some honey. And what do they do? They lick the honey and they throw the, the, the sandwich. They say, what a waste. You're going to give the Torah to human beings. They're going to lick the sugar of the Torah. And they're going to throw 
their Torah, the, what the Torah is really all about, which is all this awesome deep spirituality. So God, how can you give the Torah to people? Give it to us. We know what the Torah is all about. We know the amazing, unbelievable depth of godliness in the Torah. I forgot to mention to you, when, when we read the paragraph of Derech Hashem, that he says that the Torah is the closest thing to God. So many times in the Midrashim, in the Oral Torah, they, they bring stories about a king that had a daughter. And they refer to God as a king and Torah to be his daughter. So obviously, in, in real life, a daughter is, is very similar to the father or to the mother. So if they call the Torah the daughter of God, so you know how spiritual is the Torah, how close it is. So the angels were telling God, don't give this to people. What are they going to do with it? So then God says to Moshe Rabbeinu, okay, give him an answer. So what was so brilliant about Moshe Rabbeinu's answer? What did the angel didn't know? The Torah is perfect from A to Z, from beginning to end. There's nothing empty in the Torah. So Moshe Rabbeinu was telling the angels, if there's something in the Torah that doesn't apply to you, it means it wasn't created for you. As spiritual as it is, if you cannot take the Torah face value, don't do idolatry, observe the Shabbos, honor your parents, and if you take it even, even in the level of the, uh, the garment, the external part of the Torah, but if you cannot apply it, obviously it wasn't created for you angels. See, it must have been created for somebody else. And that's why at the beginning, God told Moshe Rabbeinu, hold on to my throne. And then giving an answer. So why, why, why was God telling Moshe Rabbeinu, people, this is the dream of Yaakov Avinu. He saw a ladder with the, with the feet of the ladder in the floor, in the ground, going all the way up to the divine throne. We people are the only ones that can connect from the very bottom to the very top. We have a body, but we have many levels of souls, which is the highest level of our soul goes all the way up to God. So people, that is an amazing thing, even greater than the angels. We can apply Torah from A to Z. And therefore the Torah is for us, not for them. Let's, let's go to, to, to one more the picture that I skipped. is the fourth one that I sent. The fourth picture, one before the last. Look what the Zohar says. This is a per the Zohar which says, When God created the universe, he looked into the Torah and then created the universe. It was, it was with the Torah that the universe was created. As we have established, as per the verse, and I was then his Amon. Amon means his uh, craftsman. The Torah cries out that I was then his Amon, that with me God created the universe. The Torah preceded the creation of the universe and when God wanted to create the universe, he looked into, into it, into each individual word of the Torah, 
and correspondingly crafted the universe because every single detail of the words in the Torah when the Torah writes in the beginning he created the heavens and the earth and the earth God looked at these words and he created the heavens and so forth so just like a person in our DNA is the root of everything we are if I have this type of hair this type of color or eyes or skin is in my DNA there's nothing I've got that is not in the DNA otherwise wouldn't be here everything has to be coded in my in my inner innermost aspects so it can be part of my body for anything to exist has to be coded in the Torah otherwise wouldn't be here so that's why the creation of the world started in the Torah and that brings us now oh, before I bring it to 2000 years I wanted to say a very important thing that people usually Jewish or non Jews or non Jews we look at religion which I don't call Judaism a religion but people look at religion that first is life and then the religion or the philosophy or your, well, or your way of life it's there to help you to live life right so let me go back to the fifth commandment honor your parents so the simple way of understanding even people that not Jewish not observant they believe in the fifth commandment honor your parents so you first take life you know there's parents and then you apply religion to that you know it makes sense to honor your parents I mean it's it's for sure but we just think now in the Zohar is the other way around <laughs> you know what you know what we born from parents and we just didn't grow uh, like millies in the field like going out of the field like millies going up like corn because there's a mitzvah called honor your parents so that mitzvah was created before the world Be before God created the world he designed which aspects are going to give people perfection one of them is to keep Shabbos one of them is to honor your parents one of them is not to steal and so forth not to murder so the Torah was created before anything once the Torah was created describing how people can achieve perfection it's like a, an architect you don't start by building something you first make a blueprint what do you want and then you start with the construction the same thing the Torah first God decided which are the elements that are gonna give people perfection and looking on that says oh one of the elements of perfection is to honor your parents so then he created people that we are born from parents so we can apply the mitzvah of honoring your parents and there's everything in the Torah like that so you know we have to change the way we think we give too much importance to life and sometimes we don't give enough importance to the Torah and we forget that life was only created to apply the Torah why did God create the, the why did God create fire and candles and all that because there's a concept of lighting Shabbos candles but without physical candles and fire how can you do the mitzvah of, of lighting candles 
So, 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 the, so the creation of candles and fire and all that is, is after the idea that you need to, shove, to light Shabbos candles. So we have to have the right perspective of the world, life, and what the Torah is all about. So let me just end up with the last part. Uh, and, and this is what Moshe Rabbeinu told the angels. It doesn't apply to you. You see that if God created the world that we, we are born from, if God created the world that we have, we have to honor parents, obviously the world wasn't created for you and the Torah wasn't created for you. It was created for us. So the Torah is for us, not for you. Now, just to end up with the 2,000 years. Well, well, this 2,000 years, 974 generations come out. So the 2,000 years, and that's why I wanted to give you the four levels of the worlds. So in Hebrew, the word olam means world. But also the expression leolam va'ed. After the Shema Yisrael says, Baruch Hashem kevod malchuto leolam va'ed. Leolam va'ed means for all eternity. In Hebrew, you don't have two different worlds, words with two different meanings. I mean, you don't have the same word for two different meanings. They have to be related. So how could it be that the word olam means universe, but also means eternity, time? Me'olam, le'olam. Never before and forever. Me'olam and le'olam. So because in Kabbalah, Time is also depending in the universe, where you are. And if you like, if you like science, there's a beautiful thing how when Einstein said that mass M equals uh, energy equals MC squared, energy equals mass traveling to the square of, of light, if you would travel at the speed of light, there would be no time. So time is a function of where you are. The more spiritual you are, the slower times go by, time goes by. So for that's just parenthesis. So going back to the 2000 years, we know that there are 10 sefirot. So Every sirah is again a, manif a, a, a manifestation of God's perfection. The highest sefirah is called Keter, crown, corona. Maybe this virus is what it's doing, it's trying to bring the awareness of God's perfection. That is the closest to God. And that sefirah of crown Keter is really what's going to be more like the world to come, which is the root of everything. And then the next level is called Chochmah, wisdom. Karen spoke about it a few classes, what wisdom is all about. That is the second sefirah, wisdom. So according to Kabbalah, wisdom belongs in the level of the universe of Atzilut. The first universe is wisdom. Then 
the next level of universe called Bria, the divine throne, and that is Bina. So we have Chokhmah and Bina. Wisdom and understanding, that is the next level. Then the third universe, which is Yetzirah, it goes from um, Chesed, which is the fourth Sphira, Kindness, until Yesod, which is the number nine. Foundation. And then finally, Olama Siyadi's world is Malchut, is kingship. And the goal of life is to bring perfection from up down. And that's, that's, that's why the end of history is by coming of the Mashiach. As it says in the verse, Hashem will be king over the whole world. In that day, God will be one, and his name will be one. That is Mashiach. That is when kingship comes down to this level in a revealed way. Now it's a little bit hidden, or very big hidden. So we're coming from up down the ten revelations. When it says that the world... Just give me maximum another five minutes. When it says that the world was created in seven days, obviously it's not physical seven days. It's much deeper than that. And those seven days of creation, the week, is really the, 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 the lower seven spherot. So the first day of creation corresponds to the sphere of kindness. And the second day of creation to the sphere of a gevura. So you can go, it's beautiful to see how the day of creation corresponds to one of these attributes. And finally, Shabbos, the last day of the week, is Malchus, is the kingship of Hashem. We say in the Tefillah, Malchutcha. Let people rejoice in your kingship. So those are the different levels. So if that is the case, the creation of the world started in Yetzirah. Yetzirah is from kindness to Yesod, and then Asiyah is Shabbos. So above Yetzirah, we have Bria and Atzilut, which is Bina and Chokhmah. So those are the 2,000 years that the Torah was created before the creation of the seven days of the week. And this is the meaning that there's a lot of depth. Before the world was created in a physical way, before we were able to make this Zoom connection, and all the more so because I went to the wrong account and you couldn't get in, poor people. So until finally we are able to communicate, looking face to face one to another, there's a lot of preparation happening in this communication. So same thing in the world. 
before the world came into existence with at the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. There was a lot going on before that. And according to Kabbalah, the 2,000 years is a thousand years of Bina in Bria, and above that, a thousand years of Chochmah in Atzilut. So the angels are telling God, the Torah is so deep. The Torah is much deeper than this physical world. Why should you give all that spirituality to people? What are, what are you going to do with it? Give it to us. We appreciate what your Torah is all about. And Moshe Rabbeinu said, in a way you're right, but from the other hand, God didn't create the world for you. God created the world for people. Then we get married and we do business and we go through challenges in life. And the Torah helps us to grow as people and the Torah helps us to have a relationship with God. And that's what Torah is all about. So that is the greatness of Torah. That's why we're so excited every Shavuot and every day of our lives to be able to study and apply the Torah. So, let's, let's hope that we get a nice connection this Shavuot under all circumstances and we can receive the Torah with excitement, with joy, with love, and every day make it more and more part of our lives.